burrito. Where's my burrito? Hey man, uh, so listen, check this out. I, 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 as you know, I'm getting married in October, right? You know this. That's a thing. I do. I am aware of this. It's on the calendar. It would be I think weird if you were just telling me about this now. Well, I mean, I think you're setting up an expectation because I invited you, but through bad uh, circumstances, you may not make it. But what I think you're going to do is pull an 11th hour Dustin Hoffman, the graduate moment. <laughs> like I was literally thinking of the graduate too. I was like, it would be really amazing if you would tell him that you're not going to go show up at that church and just like fucking burst through the doors. <laughs> well, if you showed up to any church, you'd be ruining someone else's wedding because it's right. not in the church. I'm going to try every church in Amalfi just to <laughs> say, Christian, don't marry that woman. And it's going to be the sixth time is going to be the charm. We're going to be fucked up. <laughs> No, but it's uh, like I've been booking all these things. So like what we were going to do is like, so we're flying and we're going to spend two days in Rome. Then we're going to take a train down to Salerno and then take a like a boat to wherever the fuck we're staying. I don't know. Okay, Yeah, I was going to ask you what the itinerary is because I am still trying to figure out if I'm going. So you're starting off in Rome. You're taking the plane to Rome and then you're just going to stay in Rome for two days. Yeah. So we're we're leaving the ninth at like Mm. six or seven. And then that gets us into Italy. Italy is like eight hours, bro. It's like not a short flight. Uh, and yeah. they're six hours ahead. So you have to start factoring that. By the way, flights are cheap as hell. To, like, why is it cheaper for me to fly round trip to Italy than it is to, like, Florida? Montana? <laughs> Montana. <laughs> yeah, what's Montana? What are the property values in Montana? What are you right. hiding? <laughs> no, I don't know. It's weird. Like, I, I look at it all the time. And, like, the, the tickets are ridiculously cheap for about three weeks every year. <laughs> yeah. And it just happens to be on the ideal date that I wanted to get married anyway. It's awesome. So... Uh, I don't know. And, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about it. We've been booking and uh, like places we're going to stay. And then we've been trying to figure out what the actual itinerary is. Right. Mm-hmm. So we were going to, we were thinking like, all right, where are we going to go? We have two days in between um, after we get married. And then we're, we like planned a four day, like super quiet retreat weekend because Dolores might have to write like one of her dissertation things and she just wants to be like in complete silence and I'm like that's awesome I would love to write in the mountains somewhere you know right. like free from everything so uh so we're gonna get there on the 10th in the morning we're gonna spend the 10th and 11th in Rome take the train to Salerno get to the Amalfi Coast we're gonna stay in the Amalfi Coast the 12th 13th 14th 15th and check out on the 16th right yeah. um and get married on the 14th. And then after that, we're going to take two days. Now, this was the big contention, man. You haven't traveled anywhere, and I have barely traveled anywhere. So, yeah. like, it became a battle of, like, well, what the fuck do I want to see, right? And so uh, we were talking about, like, well, maybe we'll go to Lisbon. Uh, Lisbon's really cheap on Airbnb as well. And uh-huh. I'm like, Portugal's kind of like Spain, right? It's like Spain light. In terms yeah. of, like, it's got, like, the, the Spanish architecture. It's got coastal lines like Barcelona would have. So that was the other one. It was Barcelona. And then the third one was Amsterdam. And I was like, dude, I really want to see a canal city. Like, that's really cool to me. And I feel yeah. like we don't want to go to northern Italy, blah, 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 blah. We ended up being like, we're going to northern Italy. So we're going to Venice instead, which is great. Oh, because fuck. That fucking thing's going to be gone. All right. Maybe by the time we get there. Like, exactly. I, I, yeah, I don't global trust warming, it. Like, that shit's <laughs> not long for this world. So I was like, yeah, I got to see Venice before it goes away. So we're going to go to Venice for two days. Then we're going to go to Lake Como in northern Italy. That's right on, uh, on the border, and it's, like, flanked by the Italian Alps, which is awesome. Uh, then we're going to go to Paris for four days. 
back to Rome for a day. Then we go. Any, any thoughts on Greece? Did that not enter the conversation? Uh, dude, I'm or? all about Greece. The problem, believe it or not, is that from Napoli, it is re- like not ridiculously expensive, but like compared to, it would be twice as much to get to Greece. And the Airbnbs on average are like thirty dollars more expensive than all the other places. Really? You I know, because I, I would have thought because of the economic collapse that they would be like, "Hey, we'll we take what we can get." <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, no, no, they're not that desperate. They're just like we created <laughs> democracy. <laughs> like, oh, like, well, the French technically did that. Like, ah, eh, fuck mm. you. No, but uh, I wanted to go to Greece really bad. It's still a place I I ultimately want to go, and it makes me feel weird because on a map, you're already in southern Italy. You're just like, yeah. but it's right there. It's right there. <laughs> like, you know, the Syracuse is called Syracuse. These fucking Greeks were there at one point. Like, Italy is right. so fucking weird because so many different people have taken over that fucking country at various times in history. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm um so you know anyway we're gonna go to venice we're gonna check that out then we're gonna do lake como northern Alps, uh, alps and then paris and then back to rome for a day before we fly out and that's pretty legit i'm like i'm a little bummed out in as much that three of those destinations are or four of those destinations are in italy not that i have anything wrong with italy italy is the fucking shit okay but right, but like when in rome you're yeah rome, yeah, yeah yeah don't do it <laughs> like uh, yeah no, but i no, agree I mean, like uh, in as much that like the, last time we were there for instance last time we were there we did two days in rome we went down to the amalfi coast again uh and we were supposed to be there for eight days and after three days we're like we've never been to europe before like yeah and it cost 30 euros to fly to paris like what are we doing <laughs> like we shouldn't have had a plan at all we should yeah. just be like fuck it we're going to amsterdam you know what i mean um and i like that kind of spontaneity or whatever and it's it's kind of how i feel now which is just like oh we can go to switzerland instead of like como right like yeah something just because i i feel like it's weird i feel that like i'd want to hit up switzerland denmark like all those like you know midsummer countries i would love to do copenhagen for sure but yeah. midsummer did a number on me like, yeah i hear they are overwhelmingly white though and like very like strange and kind of conservative. Oh, are they the, the Danish? Are? A little, uh, like uh, some of the more northern ones. I want to say it's like Finland or something or Nor. Nor- Which country do you think has green room happening right now? Ah, uh, God, I don't know. I feel like the closer you get to the polar ice caps, the more green room situations you're getting. So Greenland is real green rooming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was called green room squeak wool is called greenland (laughs) i read something about how like uh greenland like is experiencing a crazy heat wave as we all are or oh it's eroding Um, i hear it's disappearing man and it's it's just like yeah getting flooded with some billions of tons of ice that's a lot do you watch that show the the terror on amc by chance Nah, it's got we talked about this we t- uh, with uh with um mance raider with mance raider yeah yeah well just the idea like i i really lost my shit because we talked about this when we started talking about like what if a desert fought the arctic and that's how right. pokemon got it <laughs> <laughs> sorry i just cracked myself up remembering something we used to say um no but but i got really scared thinking about it because i'm just like that is almost worse than a desert for sure just like how scary the isolation is of these like barren places up north where there's nothing but outstretched land and then i'm thinking what's worse than that water world both the movie and the concept of a water world very scary to me man right think how pruney you would be all the time remember that one time like we've talked about beer can island when we were just sitting in the water 
and how right. like shitty you felt and gross. Yeah, but it was a better alternative all the time than the mosquitoes. <laughs> like we were like, fuck it, it's this or the skeeters, you know what I mean? Right, but Waterworld people are choosing to live that way because they got gills, I guess. all right so like can we just talk about the end of the world in the prism of of films like well because like i for some reason ai the spielberg movie just popped up in my head and that movie literally ends at the end of the world and it's just the robot with his like cloned mom teddy bear guy hanging out or whatever right and the super advanced ai that are like uh, but do you remember at the very end of the movie they show a new york that has been overtaken by water and a new ice age has happened so uh like you have the statue you have the twin towers like barely peeking out of the ice and you have the statue of liberty your head and stuff like that strange detail about that movie is like the city is shown flooded even in like the original timeline of the movie um like with Haley joel osmond running around with jude law or whatever and he's like manhattan and they're still conducting business in those buildings in Manhattan, yeah. even though there's water up on those streets. It's weird to me that they're conducting business there. I feel like you've moved out. Well, the Asian markets if, uh, wait for no one, Max. All right, that's do, the problem. Do you, think the, do you think rent would even drop like an inch uh, in Manhattan if the streets were flooded? No, they would make it boutique as fuck. They would sell scuba, scuba gear with the apartment and shit like that. They call it like New Venice or something. Oh, dude, that's badass. Yeah, like New With Venice. Taller, taller buildings. I'd be there. I'd be like, yeah, give me, like, let me sign a fucking year lease, man. I'm into hey, it. Hey, you want more abandoned storefronts? Check out New <laughs> Venice. Well, you see, well, is evolution a, like, did we talk about giraffes ever? Or did I, have I saved have we this? we talked about the animal giraffes? Yeah, well, I got shitty about giraffes because I said, like, evolutionarily, it's just like, they're like, ah, there's leaves, well i'm just wondering like if, if like would humanity die or would we eventually evolve now the reason evolution is a theory as we know even though it's like i would say fucking a real thing is because we can't quantify that exact moment we can't see it happening on the day-to-day level enough to say yep there it is you know what i mean hmm. And, so, so you're asking, like, if climate change progresses, are we going to adapt, maybe? Do we and, have like, gills? evolve into another thing? Well, like, because, like, it's like uh, in the time machine with uh, Guy Pierce or the H.G. Wells book, whichever. Nope. Pick your poison. Nope. Just uh, Guy Pierce, you know, bro. <laughs> there are the troll people underground, and then there are yeah. the people above the surface, you know? And it's like the humanity branched off into two different things, and they turn into monster people underground. Wait, wait, I never read that book or saw that movie. Did, oh. did, did, did Wells like dream up the dystopic oh. world? Like? Yeah. So, so the premise is that like humanity like moves onto the moon and creates a lunar base, but then the moon starts breaking apart Swish. and it crashes to Earth, and like civilization gets destroyed. Some of the humans move underground to avoid it. Some of the people stay up on the surface. People on the surface are fine, but they go back to a tribal society. Underground, they're a bunch of horrible mole people monsters, like in the Descent, but they're smarter. I have so many questions about this world, but I love it. Uh, well, see, like that, the descent thing is a good argument where it's like, all right, they went underground, they adapted to it, they need low light, they're they're all right. good, you know what they're I mean? Very pale. But uh, what what tribes? Like, my real question is this: uh, Did I ever tell you that when I was sixteen? The first time I was, uh, oh, I'm like actually depressed. Was after I read Lord of the Flies. Yeah, you have. I have, right? Like, Lord yeah. of the Flies was my Terminator 2 moment. Like, where Edward Furlow's <laughs> looking at those little kids playing, like, war soldiers. He's like, 
not gonna make it man <laughs> and arnold's just like statistically humans destroy or whatever like that's how i felt i saw that and i was just like what's the fucking point who gives a shit about a fucking high school diploma man like right. we're all gonna kill each other and my well, it's point like is that this. moment in the matrix with agent smith not to cut you off where he's like humanity is a disease well i agree and like i think that the reason lord of the flies was so amazing to me is because like you know we talk about children and we say that children have to be taught how to hate no one's born hating right like that's not a thing that's real that's why we always have the faith that the next generation i hated homework you know what i'm saying you didn't hate homework for being a person that looked different from you though (laughs) you know what i mean you hated homework because he, he cut into your fucking chill time bro you know that what i mean true. like and i loved my chill time even back then <laughs> you loved your bubble bath you know mm-hmm. you loved your aerobic like, you know, pizza party you loved you know, your yoga lotties it's a VH, yoga pilates mix you know VHS time yoga lotties yeah yoga lotties you haven't heard think, of it you think six-year-old me was doing a lot of yoga lotties would you like yoga lotties or paloga <laughs> my brain just shut off for a full like two seconds <laughs> just the alternative combination of the word but yeah like people will never see your face but i was looking into your eyes and i saw like the big bang happen <laughs> like, like all of, all of existence happened inside your eyes for a second it was truly amazing but, but you know the lord of the flies point was just the idea that like they're, they're children who are supposed mm. to be free from the shackles of like a lot of like bullshit that uh, society deals with at large and basically within 24 hours, I don't remember the timeline of that, they subdivided into tribes, like you were mentioning earlier in, in the time machine, and like started killing pigs and then killed people. And then Damn. like the worst part of it was that the reintroduction of an authority figure, right? Because the very end of Lord of the Flies, um, like a rescue ship comes and there's a captain. And yeah. it's right when they're like hunting him, hunting down the lone survivor. They're going to fucking murder this guy. And then the authority comes and then immediately... They snap back into it. They're children right. again. They, they've confronted with what they've done. Like the right. idea that they would never act like this if there was an authority figure, right? right? And I'm just like, oh, man, if the only thing that's keeping humanity okay is the, like, fear of the repercussions, ultimately we're done. You know what I mean? Like, that's, uh, that's what scares the shit out of me is, like, there's, I don't think there's an upshot here, man. Are, are you a nihilist? Would you describe yourself as a nihilist, Walter? no i think i'm an absurdist like yeah, i i really same. do i think that everything is random and nothing makes sense but i think there's something beautiful in that you know what i mean mm. nihilism yeah. seems like for lack of a better word nihilistic <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's a you little nihilism is cool and all but it's just a little too nihilistic it's a little too nihilistic <laughs> like 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 because nihilism is like the libertarian of philosophy it's just like well yeah have some fucking courage here. Like, yeah. just, like, don't just be like, yeah, nothing matters. We believe in nothing. Yeah. Well, then you're fucking aimless. And that's sad. That's not any closer to a universal truth. Embrace the aimlessness, dude. I mean, no. <laughs> I think I do. I think that's what absurdism is, right? It's just mm. like, hey, it's all lame, but whatever. Yeah. It's just a giant seminaric sketch. That's my philosophy. What if that's afterlife, man? Tim and Eric. Right. <laughs> See, we were talking about the perfect version of hell, and right. I feel like the real perfect version of hell wouldn't be, you know, uh, falling through an endless screaming void. It would be existing in the Tim and Eric uh, universe. <laughs> uh, but you would have to be a nobody bit character in an established sketch. So you'd have to be like the, 
personal assistant to Wayne and Jan Schuyler. <laughs> like you couldn't, you couldn't be on camera ever. You just had to be surrounded by like this, this constant, horrific, <laughs> never-ending, <laughs> like, yeah, totally uncomfortable sketch comedy show forever. I mean, That's like not- even even the principal characters go through some shit, man. Well, Tim dies. Tim dies, comes back to life. The real Tim Heidecker can never die. He's like Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> Is that David Lieberman Lieb- or whatever? Yeah, David Liebermans. Uh, Liebermans. It's uh, a weird name. Sure done. What's his, uh, what's, where's he from? What's his deal? David Liebehart. I think he's honestly like a legitimately mentally ill man that they found that does <laughs> puppet things on public access and they just put him on TV and gave him a platform to sing about fucking aliens as a society do you ever think that there are things that like became big moments that like in retrospect like was that good was that okay <laughs> like culturally like like i think like a stupid thing but like that right someone who like yeah. maybe mentally ill or like I remember american idol when they had that william hung guy come on and he was like cheap bangs cheap bangs he was like an asian right. guy well, just Are the we concepts okay that, that we excluded uh, a mentally handicapped man for our sick pleasure. Like, I mean, honestly, the whole concept of like reality TV competition shows, like the the weird, like, because th- those are usually never about a person's talent. It's about like right. a person's personality, what will be marketable in the moment. And then you like right. read up on people who have won those things. And it's like very rarely are they ever like independently successful after that. Like it doesn't go well for them. <laughs> usually right well they or they try to get back into like the reality tv show game which is weird because that that's like that's 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 like winning the lottery and then spending your lottery winnings on lottery tickets like like you already struck big what are you what are you doing diversify your portfolio motherfucker what do you get what god damn it this world man i want to be a reality star that's my point i could do it better why was that your takeaway i could do it better you just went through a uh, (laughs) like a death spiral on like how terrible it would be i could do better i could do better that's the problem i see them and they fall into the same pitfalls that everyone Uh, falls into during these reality shows and i ain't doing that no i play all the sides you play all the sides yeah man when i go to the racetrack i always (laughs) win why i bet on all the horses and that is how i'm always ahead you know, Same I bet thing. on I, I bet on a horse once and I won. What was his I, name? Uh, silent Alarm. <laughs> okay, so bullshit. Uh, well, I guess the Silent Alarm is like for other people. It's not for you, right? It's like it notifies the cop. I would well, just say like the futility of like a Silent Alarm as a deterrent for a criminal. <laughs> They're yeah. breaking in, but it's a Silent Alarm. Nothing's right. gonna happen there. It's just the idea that you can't hear it and you don't know for sure if it's on or not. And that, that would give me pause as a criminal. I feel like the perfect security system in, in like would just be to put up a sign that says silent alarm activated right. and then don't actually have a silent alarm. But because they'll never know. Yeah, but and then you don't have to spend money. Well, what are you gonna do with that money? Turn it into fun? You're yeah. gonna, what are you gonna fun go to money. Mexico? Like, what you, like what's your deal? Like, I don't know. You can do anything with that money. And when there's a home invader, you well, you could make a panic room. A whole panic, like the Jodie Foster movie, Panic Room. Well, not a film, the Panic Room. I mean, like, well, a panic but room like the Panic house, Room like, in the Jodie Foster film, Panic. I don't. Room. I, it doesn't have to be that specific Panic Room. Like Jesus Christ! I, just I mean, mean, they ended up room. using that Panic Room against her. So, like, mm. right. Why would I That's want a that? folly. That's a metaphor for so what what was Fincher saying in that film? I don't think he was saying anything. He's an he's he's it's an not his best film. It's a date movie. It's the best date movie, he says. 
He was saying that under his breath while he was making it. He's like, and uh, roll sound. This is the best eight movie. And action. <laughs> and Jody Fels is like, what? Damn it, cut. Jody, what, what have we said? Take what? 172. <laughs> well, you just keep murmuring, David, right before I'm supposed to act. And I, I feel like that's like it's distracting and i know you keep saying not to worry about it but you i it sounds like you're saying this is the best date movie and to be honest nothing about this script has screamed date movie david right got, this what? is about a divorced woman <laughs> hanging out with her daughter in a dire situation what about this uh telegraphs date movie to you meet cutes abound okay <laughs> like for the like you know how many marriages and how many vows are going to be like and i knew ever since you and i right. went to panic room that i was gonna marry this woman <laughs> like, i just i don't know like maybe secretly it's like maybe it's like an aphrodisiac right. it's like fucking oysters or vanilla or something like, yeah anytime you put forrest whitaker in a movie you know sparks are gonna fly forrest whitaker and that Jared lazy Leto eye with, with 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 cornrows for some reason right didn't he have like braids in that movie yeah what is Jared that's Leto his crap doing <laughs> Sorry, you you were just like, yeah. Uh, No, because I heard this. Like, apparently, it's a very well-known secret that Jared Leto like fucks underage fans. Yeah, I've also heard he's like physically abusive and stuff. Like, it's also a well-known secret. He's just kind of a dick all around. Yeah, bro. But Dallas Buyers Club, though. (laughs) But American Psycho, though. But wait, yeah, he was in that. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, like Ed, the only thing that I've seen him in that didn't make me actively mad recently was uh, Blade Runner twenty four nine. I thought he did a good job. Yeah, he was chilling. He was just doing yeah. his best. Yeah, he's he's in the movie for all of five <laughs> minutes. Also, which helped. <laughs> How do you think Denny pulled that off? He's. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy, what do you mean? <laughs> I just mean, how did he coach that performance? <laughs> Do me a favor. Don't be a Jared Leto type. Ah, I know exactly what you mean. And he's just like, he nailed it. One take. Like, I just Us. wonder. I don't know. Like, you, you, I don't like him in Fight Club. He bothers me so much in Fight Club. Right. But he does get the shit kicked out of him. Which and then in American Psycho, good. like, also gets murdered and dragged around. What a way to go out. <laughs> just Christian Bale chopping you up, moving your body parts. To, to like the point being like there was a period in the 90s 2000s era where people knew that jared leto was insufferable and just kept beating him up in movies and everybody was okay with it that's why his, his presence was tolerated and then he shows up in dallas buyers club and he's like i'm a real trans actor yeah do you think that was the last cutoff of when you could cast a non-trans people to i would play a trans i would person? guess yeah because there are so many actual trans uh actors and actresses out there it's just weird to me that we would get jared leto right i read this one thing with val kilmer once who said that as an actor he can understand what rape is like more than a rape victim (laughs) sorry sorry i couldn't get through that whole thing and this is not a joke he it was it was some interview he did with chuck klosterman and and he was just like yeah like it's my job i'm an actor Oh god. I'm supposed to oh, I know god. what it is whether I've done it or not. I'm like, but Val, uh yeah. Yeah. God. He's really full of shit, isn't he? It's <laughs> like really full of shit. What does he well, mean by that? More uh, so. I would almost like I would almost be like I can understand it as much of, as a rape victim. I would still say that's terrible and bullshit and no, but like at least he's on the same tier. He's putting himself in another tier above right. a rape victim and saying I can understand it more. 
what? Because he can see both sides. Right. I see both sides of the rape. That's the truth. (laughs) I have a more informed perspective on rape. Right. Listen, I've been both the rapey and the rapist (laughs) sometimes at the same time. Oh man, that, that gets interesting. Yeah. That, that becomes a whole thing. (laughs) I want to make that movie of like, how does Val Kilmer know? Like someone asked him in an interview. So now we're going to pitch a film and it's like Chuck Klosterman setting up his interview and he's sitting there and they got the studio lights and it's pitting on him. And it's like a real, this is like Frost Nixon, but it's Klosterman Kilmer. Right. Klosterman Kilmer. (laughs) And he he asked him the question, like I heard through the grapevine that you once said, that you understand rape more than rape victims care to expand on that and val kilmer looks really fucking off into the distance and grabs his water drinks it slowly puts it down looks lights up a cigarette just, yeah lights a cigarette takes a long like, drag this is a full five minutes of not talking you know sometimes <laughs> and it just cuts back it crossfades <laughs> into a different world and it's a film where literally val kilmer is chasing down his own rapist that ends up being him being him yeah so it's like <laughs> it's like that scene in star wars um uh uh Two. Which which one? One? Oh, oh god, one? what is it called? Empire Strikes Back. I'm still yeah. waking oh. up. Whoa, where, so you where, the good one? I know where Luke goes into the cave and he fights Darth Vader, yeah. and then like the mask opens up and it's, it's Luke. Him. Yeah, it's that moment. <laughs> but it, it's that with Val Kilmer tracking well, down a rapist. He, well, he said that he's like, I know what it's like to be the rapist and the rapey, and this is like, what a fucking third act plot twist. <laughs> like, like we could just follow the rapey val kilmer as he's being stalked by a shadowy figure that we the audience know as val kilmer or maybe we don't know maybe we only fucking find that out third i feel like it would land better if we did not know if we did know it would be like what kind of movie is this i mean either way what kind of name can his name be like lamb real mick and it's like just backwards or something like shadow It's a shadow Val. What do you want from me, man? It's a shadow Val. Is that Val Kilmer <laughs> backwards? <laughs> Lamb real? Lab? Lab? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Like. So to be clear, he's playing himself in this movie. He's playing, yeah, he's not playing a character. Val he Kilmer accepted a role in which someone wrote a script where Val Kilmer, the actor, yeah. is both <laughs> the person who raped Val Kilmer and the person who got raped by Val Kilmer. Well, it's like a more rapey being John Malkovich. <laughs> like, we, like, we're trying to explore the psyche of a man, of right. a legend. Right. Uh, of, Does of, Cusack show up at any point? Well, I mean, I feel like he, he shows up in the first act as a subversion technique. You know what? Cusack does need a, a, a career resurgence. We were talking about that last episode. Like High fidelity, too. High fidelity, like, too, man. Yeah, he's like 80 and he's still working in a record shop well i thought he would be in a retirement home but he curates the music for like the the sock ops (laughs) sock ops (laughs) yeah and springsteen who hasn't aged he's the same age as he was in the first one is still there hanging out Mm -hmm. and talking to him so are we abandoning the val kilmer thing (laughs) no we come back to it like these are the same film this is the the boy is the large oh this is the same film yes dude this is high fidelity too which has it's like a backdoor pilot it's a backdoor pilot for val kilmer's rape movie you want to get the you know you come for john cusack in high fidelity too you stay for val kilmer somehow raping himself (laughs) 
That's what it would say. Like, that would be, like, the critic review. Let Richard me just Rubber. ask you a question. If you were a movie producer who had the mandate of bringing prestige to the into the studio rather than money, <laughs> are you not greenlighting that movie? No. Like, dude, it will be the talk of the town, if nothing else. <laughs> you spent $150 million? Why would this cost $150 million? Well, you're going to have two Kilmers on at the same time, and Kilmer <laughs> won't. He's getting two paychecks. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> You know, that's like, uh, what, 20 million a Val Kilmer? <laughs> like, come on, right. man. Like, Taxes are going to be difficult for Kilmer that year. Plus, you got to get him in shape. That's a whole thing. I mean, do you? <laughs> do you think? <laughs> I would say, like, what? we Big Val Kilmer gave us Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. That was pretty good. He doesn't need to be in shape. Skinny yeah. Kilmer gave us Batman Forever, though. Yeah, Big uh, Val Kilmer gave us MacGruber also that's which true fantastic although can i bring it back to batman forever for one second when's yeah. the last time you watched that movie um probably since i was a kid okay all the way through. Uh, i've seen like clips of it and it's shockingly bad in it's ways weird I don't because it's, it. it's bad but it's like sort of entertaining in a way that like batman and robin well, was just bad like right because i grew up with that movie that was like right. a vhs that i watched alongside batman and batman returns um, right so going back to it it's like i feel a certain amount of shame for not being able to distinguish between the two well dude there's a whole fucking scene and this is what cracked me up <laughs> Because when we think about Batman, we think about a guy who's operating in the shadows, right? Yeah, yeah. But in Batman Forever, because I caught like 20 minutes of it the other day, there's a scene where Batman is in court. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, I forgot there was a whole other civilian side to Batman. Like, we're, like I'm not saying Bruce Wayne was in court. I mean, like... <laughs> Like they cut to the judge and they cut to fucking Harvey Dent as a prosecutor and they cut to the witness stand and Batman in full Batman garb is just sitting there. And I'm like, holy shit. And then when the acid scene happens, like Mm -hmm. they do like Schumacher to his credit, Schumacher tries to make that really operatic. And you see Batman, he was fully sat down on a bench, tries to get up and but can't get over the turnstile in time. Right. Because his suit is made of thick rubber and he can't turn his head. Well, see, that was the thing about Batman Returns that I always really liked. Because there's that scene at the very end where he's talking to Michelle Pfeiffer at the very end, and, and he rips the mask off. Yeah. Which was, like, a big deal to me because I was like, oh, shit, one, rubber. Two, yeah. seems way not malleable. Just yeah. throw that out there. Probably like, not conducive killed. for fighting <laughs> crime or driving a car. Or- well, to be fair, in Batman Returns, she does straight up, like, get his abs, right? Like, she just, mm. like, and, 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 and gets him. That is true. It wasn't protected. To the point where they had to make a fucking joke about it. You know what's weird about Batman Returns, and I know we're all over the place at this point, as we are wont to do, um, is that like Catwoman's origin story is that she falls out of a window and dozens of cats just lick her, and then she comes back to life with the superpower that she can die nine times. Right. Is that better or worse than the Anne Hathaway one? It's worse. I mean, it's worse, but it's almost so bad that it kind of reverts back. You ever see that episode of the Flintstones, Jetsons crossover, where, like, the, fl- the, the, the Jetsons try to go into the future, but they went so far into the future that they went actually back to Flintstones time? Mm-hmm. And the only thing that made them okay was the fact that the, like, ladies liked their hairstyles or whatever. Was that like their common denominator? Is that Dude, they all yeah, had 1950s hairstyles? There's literally a fucking scene where they're hiding behind boulders, like freaked out at the other. 
And then like Jane is just like, I like your hair. And Wilmo's like, yours too. And they're like, all right, we're good. And they come. Yeah. What kind of hair product did they have back in Flintstone times? Like that doesn't make sense to me. Did they have running water? Like, like or was it just like this? Like, did they have running water? Or was it just like the, the bodily fluids of some like prehistoric bird? Right. Yeah. It would have to be that, or it'd be like a jellyfish that they would use to make gel spelled with a J J E L. And, uh, and he would get squeezed and he would not be happy, but he would at some point turn to the camera like it's a living. It's just weird to me in the Flintstones that like they they can create like a prehistoric car, they can create prehistoric appliances, but they can't figure out how to make shoes. Why do they need shoes in that world? Because they're they're literally propelling their cars with their feet. Can I tell you my beef with the fucking Flintstones is, is <laughs> like is, just is, walk is, at that point. Well, my beef with it is that like when you think of the Stone Age and the Flintstones really like like perpetuated this fucking myth is like you think everything is stone bro like it's not the stone age because like everything was made out of stone it's not like they constructed houses out of stone you know what i mean they like lived in caves that's different but for me it just seemed like everything was made like they had perfectly like the same house that i'm sitting in now but made out of stone yeah they had prefabricated like gated communities made out of rocks with dinosaurs. I think the, the bigger offense is that they try to play it off like Fred Flintstone's the intellectual equivalent to uh uh George Jetson, right? Like George Jetson's yeah, living they? Yeah, in as much that like those two films those two cartoons came out at this I like I have to wonder because I know they're both Hanna Barbera, but I have to wonder if there was like some straight up beefs going on in the sixties, bro. <laughs> like between the Flintstones and the Jetsons team. <laughs> like yeah. because like the Jetsons got to dream up of of a tomorrow. You know they were working in the same building and everything. The one fl- it's like you know uh, like uh like SNL and, and and Jimmy Fallon are like on the same floor or whatever, just mm-hmm. on opposite ends of the spectrum. Like it, it has to be the same thing where it's just like the Jetsons were given the opportunity to dream up a fucking future yeah. that we still haven't caught up with, man. Like I'm mad. We don't have flying cars. The Jetsons really fucked with me on that. And yeah. then meanwhile, the the Flintstones were having to rewrite history in a way where like these were cave motherfuckers who were afraid of the sun but no somehow even though man never walked around with dinosaurs they figured out how to not only tame dinosaurs but use them for labor right there's a whole there's a whole dinosaur underclass in because they 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 have thoughts and feelings they can talk they can actually converse with like the people well what's up we may have talked about this before but like isn't that strange to you now well, you it's weird to me because, now. like, what's happening? Is it is it is it a Shakespearean aside? You know, because Shakespeare would do that shit all the time. Right. Like, scenes are happening, and he'd be like, "Oh, this guy," and then come mm. back to the scene. <laughs> like, right. Malcolm in the Middle doesn't it's get the a credit. Living. Yeah, yeah. Well, they don't get the credit it deserves for being the modern day Shakespearean aside, like, and right. thing. <laughs> so it's like, is it is it in a Shakespearean aside, or are these fucking sentient animals? like buzzing a camera that doesn't exist to make themselves feel better about like their shitty lot in life right like they're breaking the fourth wall and everything and it's just like a little and it will and if so where's that fucking story like when did the dinosaur say enough is a fucking enough when did that when is that prehistoric bird that's used as a workhorn get tired (laughs) of getting its fucking tail feathers pulled you know what i mean like right like uh, how many years can the bird do that before its body is just ruined and it can't fly anymore? 
and and the thing is it has a memory when it was a kid of seeing like another bird being up there and when and it it's like do away. these animals change shifts or are they just stuck in place like is the turtle sink like does it do they swap out every 12 hours do they get to take breaks right because you would the the, the presupposition is if they can turn to the camera and be like it's a living is it a right. living do they pay a wage yeah do are, they have are health they, insurance yeah, like, are, they, are they making money like do do they give them monthly like bones or clams or whatever you call them in the flintstones <laughs> universe <laughs> whatever currency was in the stone age yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm wondering and that's my question is just like is it like what's the what's the society of that like okay animals are subservient even to today but maybe in a weird way the flintstones is progressive like they included mm -hmm. animals like they gave them currency they said you can go live in your animal neighborhoods or is it segregationist like i'm so actually wrapped up fuck the fuck the jetsons by the way which got to leave in an ideal world the flintstones right. answers a practical fucking world building questions man yes yeah, yeah for real because like the jetsons had uh what was it rosie the robot was mm -hmm. that their maid Mm -hmm. And it's like, I understand that. That's a robot. Robot literally means uh, slave, servant, whatever. Um, right. In Russian, I think, right? Uh, but uh, for uh, the fucking Flintstones, like, it's really unclear, like, what the, what the status is of these appliances slash animals slash sentient beings. How sentient are they? Uh, right. Do they have a union? Uh, you know, do they all get together and meet up and talk shit about, you know, their uh, respective uh, clients or owners or whatever? Are they clients? Are they owners? I don't know. Yeah, see, I'm interested. I think, I, th I think we need to do a sequel series to the Flintstones. I think now is the time. And yeah. I think we can set it in the future. We can set it where Fred is like, uh, let's call it three weeks away from retirement. Okay. Because we need okay. stakes. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, Wilma's around. She just had to have a hysterectomy, sadly, because she got <laughs> the cancer. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. But she's doing well now. She's doing good. All right. She, she's, she's doing the best she can. And uh, Pebbles and Bam Bam, even though they were very close growing up, have found themselves on opposite ends they've, they've of the spectrum. Apart, like, well, because politically. because Pebbles, yeah, because Pebbles is like trying to build union. She believes in the liberation of the animals, the dinosaurs, the birds, like these fucking people. And fucking Bam Bam, Bam Bam's radicalized. Goddamn, yeah, dude, he's a lobbyist basically. Oh my like, god. And, and and yes, they see each other every family vacation because of course barney and fred are still best friends okay like yeah they're gonna hang out some bonds they they go beyond political but, agreements but Bar barney's been having some memory problems though because of all like the concussions he sustained over the course of the series right and like you know bam bam's not an asshole like he knows <laughs> that he like he's doing what he can for his for his father okay? right <laughs> he thinks but, but he... as soon as politics come up though it's like all bets are off they try to keep it civil during these family gatherings, right. but as soon as somebody brings up politics or unions or corporations, it gets it bad immediately. And she's yeah. a freedom fighter, you know what I mean? Like she's trying to sneak into fucking like government buildings all the time, like throwing graffiti <laughs> everywhere. And at some point, like, you know, what's Bam Bam to do? What is he to do? Yeah. Is he gonna just sit back and not say something about it? I well he could. He could just be like, you know, she's a family friend. It's not worth it. Does he? No, because there's never been a fight that Bam Bam didn't think he could just fucking bash his way out of, man. That's the fucking problem, is that from a fuck from an early age, no one told him no. He said Bam Bam, and he smashed shit, and there were never consequences, and that's why he ended up in this fucking world. Yeah.
this union's busted. And then he'll like take a bat and just start beating the shit out of It was of like people. an actual union buster. Like, yeah. you're going to unionize? All right, I'm going to unionize your fucking bones together, motherfucker. Like, and he's just breaking kneecaps left and right. He's like, basically a goon, yeah. Because they call him Bam Bam. I mean, like, they're setting him up for some kind of success in that field. Here's the thing he has a pituitary gland problem, though. So he never got past four foot six. He's just a buff little baby, basically. All right. Like, he's a. <laughs> A buffalo baby. He looks like a buff-ass twelve-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> Just a and real top-heavy four-foot piece of shit. And Pebbles like really takes after her mom. Super tall, almost yeah. Amazonian. Just you know st- statuesque Amazonian warrior, yeah. you know, coming in there fighting the man. And then Fred's just trying not to get in the middle of it. He's not a political guy. Well, he used to be at a younger yeah. age, and then he got disillusioned, and he's like, ah, you know, like right, the stone Republican, of, stone Democrat. There ain't no difference, man. The years have blunted the blade of his politics, <laughs> worn him down to a nub. Now What's Betty up to? Of a Meanwhile, I mean, Betty, she, I guess she got out of that relationship. She couldn't deal with like Barney's deteriorating mental. <laughs> She's like, I'm she started, out. I'm she sorry. started drinking a lot. She started gambling. Twenty five years life savings. of marriage, and she's like, "I'm out." <laughs> the thrill of you know the the horse tracks. What would be the equivalent back then? Like the Stegosaurus tracks. The right. Fucking... Well, they're slow. <laughs> the Stegosaurus. Yeah. That's like that's like the least drama filled. Fucking like, how much time do you have? If you have a day, we can go to the Stegosaurus tracks. I mean, like. The, good the first dinosaur I could think of. And we'll never lose track of what's happening on the track. It's wonderful, you know? Right. Yeah. But poor Barney is just all by himself. Did, did they have kids, Barney and... Uh, uh, well, yeah. Bam Bam is... Isn't Bam Bam Barney and Betty's kid? Oh, is he? And then Pebbles is Wilma and Fred's kid. Yeah. I thought that Bam Bam was uh, Fred's kid. Also. It might be the other way around, but they're definitely... Oh they God. both had a kid. That's the thing. We're probably not qualified to be writing this reboot if we don't know who the kids are. Well, we're not qualified to write it. What we're qualified to do is to figure out which of these two worlds deserve. Because I think we should do the Jetsons next. We like which of these two worlds is ripe with like dramatic tension that we could we could do six seasons of. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I think just that like found family dynamic of like Barney and Fred being friends, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, you're you're right. Bam Bam Rubble is the Rubble's preternaturally strong adopted son who they Mm. adopt during the fourth season. Oh, he's Uh, adopted? Oh, shit. His name comes from the only phrase he ever speaks as a baby, Bam Bam. Does he get older? I don't know. I, I it's a weird does. detail to put unless he gets older and like yeah. something later. Okay, so they adopted him. Whoa, yeah. dude. Weird, that's right? a whole other wrinkle because you know his side quest is he never knew his real parents. And but Pebble, that's Pebbles everything. is the Flintstones infant daughter who is born near the end of the third season. It's weird to me, like when I think about the Flintstones and like just fuck it. When I think about the Flintstones in general, like Bam Bam and Pebbles were all there. I didn't realize how fucking serial this was. Like they yeah. started off as a young married couple just navigating young married life. Oh, Wilma's pregnant. Oh shit, season three, they have the kid. Like I'm sort of impressed, actually. I'm respecting the Flintstones in a way I've never respected it before. <laughs> you know what I want to see is a sequel to the live action one with Kyle McLaughlin. Didn't they do? Wait, hold on. Didn't they do? They did the Flintstones. Oh well, they they did the Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas, but I say ignore that. Like we're doing a Halloween reboot sequel. Okay. 
but just to the original 1994 film. Wait, who is John Goodman and is McLaughlin Barney? That can't be right. No, McLaughlin is the evil corporate overlord. That, that makes sense. I, I'm going to be real. Like, it blows my mind that that's a movie. <laughs> like, yeah. That, um, like, I was the Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas stars Mark Addy as uh, Fred Flintstone. Right. So, a.k.a. Robert Baratheon. Good for that guy. Bring me the breastplate stretcher. How long do you think he realizes that there is no breastplate stretcher? (laughs) (laughs) Such a piece of shit, Bobby B. I I love him. I I want a spinoff. I miss the good old days. (laughs) (laughs) Season one of Game of Thrones. Yeah, because now I'm like, fuck the Flintstones. Just digitally de-age Robert Baratheon and let me see that fucking thing, man. Just going around being a drunk piece of shit. I love it. Um, it's way better. Yeah, I, I want to. I want Kyle MacLachlan to come back as Cliff Vandercave and Halle Berry. <laughs> <laughs> Cliff Vandercave. Yeah. Yeah, dog. Yeah. Fucking Rick Moranis was Barney Rubble. I did not even remember. I that. thought that was genius casting. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually really smart. Wow. Mel Blanc was uh, Dino. Yeah, yeah. I would love to see this sequel, but starring them but it's set in like a, a time where Pebbles and Bam Bam have become radicalized. They don't get along anymore. Barney is starting to lose it. Rick Moranis, you know, is there. Alzheimer's out of his mind. Right. But he has a couple moments of lucidity and it's beautiful. Right. <laughs> but it's, it's like anytime Boomhauer like actually like goes off on a rant or something. And everybody's like, that, that was beautiful, Boomhauer. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I think that this is clearly the, the, without doing the Jetsons yet, although I think we should, we should put our Jetsons hat on for a second yeah. and really think about what that world's trying to say to us too, okay? Because uh, I think the Flintstones has proven itself the proving ground of, there's a lot of dramatic tension here. But the Jetsons at the same time, it's like, maybe we need to reevaluate who George Jetson is. Because on the theme song, it seems like he's a man on the edge. I got to be honest. <laughs> like, I don't remember the theme song. What happens? Well, first of all, it's just a bunch of people taking his money. Like, all I know <laughs> is that, like, Jane takes, like, he pulls out a $10 bill. And uh-huh. then she's like, I'm going to take your whole wallet. It just does. And you're like, what oh, the yeah. fuck? <laughs> like, uh, his daughter, Judy, takes $10. His boy, Elroy, takes $10. Like, you know, he's broke by the end of it. And he's going to a job with an asshole boss. Like, I forget yeah. Cosmos, I think his name is. Maybe I'm wrong about Cosmos that. Cosmos Spacely. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Did you just make? Because that's like the Vandercave guy. <laughs> no, it's that's his name. This had to be the same show. I don't know. What, yeah, what kind of show you think this is? <laughs> I mean, Cosmos Spacely is like the lowest effort possible right. at that point, man. Like that's crazy to me. Well. Well, what, what's that world? What's going on in that world? Man? I mean, they're all up in the clouds. Like, all the houses are on stilts in the sky, right? So, what's happening on ground level? Well, again, more subjugation, right? You nailed it. That, like, you're right. In a single, Max, this is why we pay you the big bucks, man. Because, like, you, you find what, like, the crux of the story immediately, mm-hmm. right? You, you're the people's history. Right, you're the Howard Zinn of fucking TV writing. You're like, well, you know, yeah, it's all good when you're up in Cloud City, but what's going right. on on the ground, man? Like, you're you're always coming at it from the little guy, and I think that's obviously where it is. So if that happens, mm-hmm. I think what's the emotional crux of the story? I think it's got to be Elroy moving out. He's 18, right? Okay, he finds himself on the ground, dude. He's disappointed yeah. to his father. Yeah, 
It's like in 1984 when the main character like visits the proletariat city and he's like, oh, fuck, these, these people are like all fucked up and poor. Right. You know, it's not but good. now he's one of them. Well, do you think he like, even though he's in that situation, there's like at least one act where, you know, people on the ground are trying to talk to him and he's like, don't talk to me, you skyless piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like, well, well, maybe like Elroy like runs away from home like a year before he's supposed to graduate high school. So they activate Rosie's like uh, hunter protocols and like he's being like chased by this Terminator level Rosie robot through like this dystopian nightmare on the ground level. I'm I I'm just thinking about how that works and it's just like all right they realize that he's gone they mm-hmm. go to like Rosie's thing they flip up her little ear plate and there's like you know those things that they show in military movies where you have to yeah. crack them in order to open them mm-hmm. up protocol <laughs> <laughs> <Article> six <laughs> right he's like because like noble and that's the trigger word and that means she's hunting people now right like they never told the children what was happening on the ground level. Because they, they lived through it. They lived through, like, the skyscraper era where they started building upwards into the sky to escape the, the squalor underneath. They never told the kids about it. The kid isn't ready. Elroy doesn't know what he's in for. So well, he's see, in this Well, this version nightmare. presupposes that George Jetson's a good guy, which I would like to think that they told them that, you know, every, like, that they were evil Oh, so, 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 so you want George to be a good guy in this. No, no, no. I, what I'm saying is what you, your version is a presupposition yeah. that, like, he's a good guy. He just wants his kid back. Uh, like, and they live through the, 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 they live through the sky rise to get away from the squalor. What but, I'm but, saying he also, is, but he also lied to his kid. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. He's a that, liar. That's more that's than what my point. Out. Okay. Yeah. Go on. Go on. So, so as Elroy is down there, like, there's the initial shock of, like, oh my God, like, my parents lied to me and everything. And, like, oh, these, this is terrible. But then he starts to, like, identify with these people and, like, maybe right. falls in love or something. Meanwhile, Rosie's after him. Right. And Rosie it's don't like, give a fuck about love. Yeah. She kills his love immediately. That's like the warning right. shot. <laughs> and now now he can never go back to the sky, to the sky world, because he's he knows the truth, man. Right. He's seen the other side of the coin. He's well, seen the, the charade. At that point, don't you think he becomes like the Moses of the groundlings, we'll call them? And uh, <laughs> he's like... <laughs> He's like, he becomes Moses. I, I, I think he tries to. And they're like, we don't need a savior, okay? You, you descend from your ivory tower to come save us. We're fine. Right, because that is like the best uh, like white knight savior yeah. thing I've ever heard, right? There it is. That's the metaphor. Like some 17-year-old <laughs> like, rich kid is going to like be poor for a day and save all the poor people? No. Dude, I mean, this reminds me, did you, <clears throat> this happened a couple months ago, but like Lindsay Lohan was hanging out in like Syria or something. <laughs> gonna let that sink in Lindsay Lohan was in <laughs> just Syria. the fact that she's making the news not only that she was in Syria and she was hanging out there well have you like kept tabs on her for any reason no <laughs> the last I heard from her was when she did that movie the canyons with uh Paul Schrader right Ta- right or a taxi driver and yeah and dog. um and like I just read like onset accounts of how insane that movie was to make and how terrible she was to work like with as an actress there was one story not to derail you where she was supposed to do like a sex scene and she was refusing to like strip down for it and paul schrader like and she was hiding in a closet and paul schrader decided to strip completely nude and knocked on the closet door and said "Lindsay, come out i'll be nude if you're nude and she immediately did the scene (laughs) what and he directed the whole thing like fucking nude as shit that's actually like great i mean have you yeah. seen that guy he looks like a fucking meatball <laughs> like <Paul Schrader. laughs> 
<laughs> with clothes on imagine without right don't Gelotinous want this fucking bass man <laughs> no but like i saw this uh this happened a couple months ago so i'm sorry if i'm really late on the story but i just heard about it and i laughed harder than i've laughed in a long time which is like if you haven't kept tabs on her she's gone crazy er uh and uh She's speaking. She's like, I've learned five languages, and she has a weird accent now. Oh, like the weirdest Madonna? accent. Yeah, but like it's weird. And so she's hanging around in Syria for some reason. Yeah. And she's like talking to like this family that's on the street. Mm-hmm. They have like two little kids. And she's just like, take my hand. Take my hand. I'm offering your children a place to sleep. That's me. Be a good mom. Let me take your kids. <laughs> and, and like She's the mom's actually talking like, like this? Yeah. Like she has that voice. She sounds like, do you ever see that like weird Angelina Jolie movie where she plays like a South African and her husband gets taken? And just, all I remember from the trailer is just like, if you could tell your husband one thing, what would uh-huh. you tell him? I love him. <laughs> like that's the trailer. <laughs> I love him. It's the it's the weirdest fucking lie to read I've ever heard in my wow. life. Like, even for you, Angelina. But it was like that. And so there's a scene where like she like the those people that she saw earlier, which are just smiling and being nice because they don't understand what she's saying in English, or right? even though she can sort of speak Arabic. Uh and then she's like walking around. And at some point she like walks next to the kid. She's like doing this on Instagram or Facebook Live or something like that. And she's mm-hmm. like, take my hand. Take my hand. Be brave. Take my hand. And she grabs the little kid's hand and is just trying to run away with a child. And right. the like mom just punches her in the fucking face. And you just see like the camera tumble and it's like the end of the Blair Witch Project. And it's just like the camera's rolling on the ground. And after about 10 seconds, Lindsay Lohan's like, ow. Uh, <laughs> I am like so shaken right now. <laughs> Please send me this video. Like it is wonderful in ways I don't know how to explain. And I just so ba- like, basically, like she's like being like she thinks she's fucking Daenerys in Game of Thrones, like storming the gates of the city full of the brown people. Yeah, and she gonna, thinks like, she's Elroy Jetson on the ground world. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm gonna come down. I'm gonna fucking save. We don't. So, so, so how do we end this Jetsons film? By the way, I do want to get back to like like ha- what what's the capper on this? Like he can't go back, but he also can't stay. He's a boy well, between two worlds. Listen, man, you know, the old adage in showbiz is you got to go away to come back, mm-hmm. you know? And I think, like, we wouldn't be telling a real story if Elroy doesn't eventually go back to the cloud world. Right. Changed, and his change leads to a bettering of the, that world. Ooh. So, well, see, see I, mean, I, was, I was going for a darker a darker vibe but i'm, I'm curious oh, okay now. well look man we can do brazil we can do brazil tell me what you got what's your well pitch? no no like uh, this is a very loose pitch but like may- maybe rosie brings him back or he gets back somehow after killing rosie or dismantling her and like it's like a godfather part one situation where like he finally sees his father and he's just staring him down but they, they don't have anything to say to each other and the door just kind of closes <laughs> and he just like goes to his room <laughs> All right, so we're setting this up for a way bigger universe than <laughs> like he's learned the lesson and he's changed, but he can't challenge his father. Never ask me about my business. And then he closes <laughs> the fucking door. And like, if that's the case, it's scary because like Elroy is going to ultimately become what his father is, right? right? Like, it just like cuts to him defeated looking out at the clouds and just like, you know, just haunted thousand yard stare. 
and just moves mm-hmm. out into the fucking clouds and just also he had to dismantle his best cars. friend we'll do a flashback where like when he was well, a kid, like the woman that neglectful. raised him rosie raised him because J- yeah fucking trudy or jane J- J- judy whatever her fucking name is she was off spending the goddamn money consumerism never home also right. lush she was soused all the time right and so ro- that robot fucking raised him and she and mm-hmm. he had to kill her yeah he had to dismantle his only real maternal figure um in the sequel he just carries her head around in a backpack like so this Yoda. is like the end of prometheus like when she has <laughs> david's head <laughs> fuck i was like i just thought of something ne- that's never happened before i mean it's great you know it's great for a reason man <laughs> is that the best part of Prometheus? <laughs> Honestly, anything with Michael Fassbender is the best part of Prometheus. Of him in the duffel bag, <laughs> looking up so appreciative, <laughs> right? And you're like, oh, they're best friends now. And then in the sequel, uh, he dissects her, right? So that's, that's my beef with Prometheus more than anything is like because the thing is I like sort of like Prometheus in its absurdity, in mm. that it makes no sense and it's a poorly written film. Uh, but like I would have been okay with it if we would have explored the shawl of it all and right. they just got rid of that character, which I actually really liked. It was weird. Well, well, they, they, they go through the hassle of hap, haphazardly setting up that she has like, you know, she's a, a woman of faith and science and like ha, ha, what happens when those two extremes exist in one person, but we never really explore it. And then in the sequel, she just did. Well, say what and, you want about Lindelof, like because he wrote that script or whatever and it's like at least he's dealing with, he's playing with interesting themes like he's at least setting the table he didn't write that sequel so it's like eh, i guess we're just gonna abandon that completely yeah, kill that, that sequel off. made the prometheus look good you thought the sequel made prometheus good it made it look good i'm not saying it made it good. oh okay <laughs> okay like by comparison <laughs> yeah. like when you hang out with the really ugly person to make yourself look better or whatever yeah you know? alien covenant like at least prometheus looked good visually but alien covenant is just like an ugly looking movie on top of that best thing about alien covenant and prometheus though is like the david character just being this weird insane robot <laughs> um that's like well, they the really double down on the insane in in covenant like which is yeah. almost the saving grace of covenant to be honest well covenant like in and of itself the idea i don't mind like if you detach it from the alien universe it's almost it almost works because right. it's literally about a robot that turns into like the mad scientist on the hill you know like he he's vlad dracula he's dr frankenstein just like doing this crazy shit in this abandoned mansion all by himself just with nothing right. but his thoughts oh come in come in and then like all hell breaks loose and i'm fine with it as a haunted house movie but as an alien movie it's a bunch of bullshit i like the david character because i think he's a gay icon mm. i mean yeah like isn't he like totally doesn't yeah. he make out with himself in covenant i was drunk i don't remember that movie that well <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I it, to be, can I be honest too? I wasn't drunk going into that movie. I started getting drunk about thirty minutes in, where I was like, eh, "This is all wrong. <laughs> this is yeah. this isn't right, man." I was like, "Fuck well, it!" Like at least let me enjoy this shit show because it was a two-hour and twenty-minute movie. It's one of the few prequels where I feel like I can honestly say because I feel like it's hyperbolic to say that like, "Oh, it ruined the originals," but it's the closest I've ever felt to feeling that way about a prequel. Because, like, it it sets up the entire alien universe to be that the aliens came from some weird androids' experiments, whereas in the first one, it's this unexplainable, perfect biological 
killing machine. I don't need to know how it got that way. Well, it's the real Star Wars prequel syndrome for Alien, which is yeah. like, and and I and like to be clear, as much shit as we talk about George Lucas, I would say that I'm sure he st- started off with more of an outline than like Anakin, but young, Greedo, but young. I'm gonna be honest though, <laughs> I'm not sure that he did. Obi Wan, but young, <laughs> like like that's all. Like I mean, on paper, that's what that franchise is. It's just like young version. But right. uh, like, and I like honestly, the- though, like the best thing about those prequels, and it's been said before, young but, like, just the fact that we never got a young Han Solo running around like a little kid Han Solo, right? You know, it's precocious, not giving up, still fuck. wearing the Han Solo outfit. Well, I wish they would have explained that a little bit, you know, like that was the uniform at his prep school or some shit, and uh, mm. and he rocked it, he just likes know. vests. He just likes vests. That's yeah, he's, he likes. He vests. would be a hipster. He would be rocking like a jean jacket vest now, like like with frills and stuff. Yeah, and like patches, you know, <laughs> like a star, like a like a Star Wars universe Grateful Dead patch or something. Yeah, and, he's uh, got like he, the misfit skull, even though he doesn't listen to them. <laughs> we play this game in Williamsburg. Me and Ben used to, where it was just like, all right, we're in Williamsburg. <laughs> Let's. Let's see how long it takes to see a Misfits thing. And then after we see one, we just reset the clock. <laughs> it never got past 90 good, seconds. <laughs> good game. <laughs> They're going to say, look, we take a shot. We high five. Nope, now we just reset, reset the it, clock. And we see how many. And uh, Williamsburg, man. What a shit show. What a terrible yeah. place. Wow. I got what nothing. Do you- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just like, it's terrible. <laughs> like, Elroy yeah. Jetson's going to kill his father. It's going to be great. Williamsburg is terrible. Right. Period. Finn, dot, dot, dot. Question. You know what? I'm, pr- I'm proud of ourselves. You know, we, we pitched two, you know, uh, gritty reboots of classic Hanna-Barbera cartoons here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's the third one. Johnny Quest. <laughs> the quest for meth. That's it. It's like a hard <laughs> inner city reboot of Johnny Quest. <laughs> And Haji's trying his best to be a good friend, but he's a stereotype, so <laughs> he's problematic. So he's off the screen, page two. Well, no, I think you keep him around, but the running joke is that he constantly is detained by ice. Like they're like, I don't, I don't, I don't trust this guy. <laughs> and Johnny Quest, who's got connections, could make this okay, but again, strung out, well, on meth, so he ain't doing it. And yeah, he's strung out on meth the whole movie. That's the nice. plot. Better. <laughs> <laughs> the plot of the movie. And he's a static character. He's not going to learn. He's, he's Johnny like, Quest in name only, is what you're saying. I'd watch that movie, though, wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean, I would. I'm imagining my father, because you have to remember, like, in the 90s when they did the real adventures of Johnny Quest, and that was the reboot of Johnny Quest. Like, my dad, fucking, you know, Jeff would talk to me back before he stopped using words, and he just used. Mm-hmm monosyllabic sounds to <laughs> he would be like you know when i was a kid johnny quest was a thing it's really cool they're making johnny quest like it was it well because when i was a kid they would show reruns of speed racer and i knew that he saw that as a kid and i was like that's cool you know what i mean and so we bonded over johnny quest mm. and i just have to imagine my dad going in at age 60 going into johnny quest the movie and it's just uh, meth head Johnny Quest the entire yeah. time. Because you got to think, like, who would want to go to a Johnny Quest movie? And it would be, like, you know, 50 and 60-year-olds. Right. 
so you just you 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 ruin it with the meth angle. This movie would not do well. Because <laughs> what is the trailer like? Do you trick people into thinking it's a Johnny Quest movie, or do you just like put it on Front Street? This is Johnny Quest, but meth. Well, yeah, I think you have to pitch it as like it, like the opening thirty seconds of the trailer is like once in a generation, bump, 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 and it's like action scenes of like Johnny running across fucking terrains and shit like that. A hero comes along, and then like you find out that the big uh, like reveal is he's just running to the corner store to get meth. Right you now, like that, it's like this is not your grand, this is not your father's Johnny Quest. <laughs> yeah, because he's like addicted to meth. Like that's not a part of the mythos. This isn't like when Iron Man chose to ignore the alcoholism. It's like God. So Haji's still there trying to help him. He keeps getting he, detained by ice. Detained by ice. Yeah. What What is Jesse Bannon doing? I mean, he's a drunk. I mean, let's she? be real. Or she's a drunk. Sorry, God, no. I, who's her dad? Is that what's Reese? Reese. Okay, yeah. I was trying Reese to Bannon. Right. That's a badass name. Isn't Venture Brothers sort of uh, Johnny Quest? Yeah, it's basically Johnny Quest. They should have just done Johnny Quest. <laughs> I mean, like, <sighs> it's obviously ripe for this material, man. Yeah. I mean, they did Fantastic Four really well, and I'm like, man, why can't we just have that movie? And then Josh Trank made it, and it was bad. Or was it great? No, it was bad. Have you seen it? Do we need to talk about this? It's, it was bad. I've seen one scene. I was on a plane coming back from Italy, and I had a migraine, and I just mm-hmm. saw that scene where Doctor Doom's like, "Man, I'm a robot, die," and he was like killing motherfuckers. That's and I'm the like, best scene in the movie. I was like, "Yo, this movie's actually aw- like, what are people yelling yeah, about? What's the problem?" <laughs> And then I saw a scene where they cut back and Kate Mara's head looked weird, and I was like, "All right, about yeah, like she was wearing a wig." Got weird really quickly. Yeah, they did reshoots for that movie, and you can really clearly tell what, what are the reshoots because they have like a weird blonde wig for her in the reshoots, right. and then the rest of the time it's obviously her hair dyed blonde, and it's just like maybe, this weird mishmash. Maybe that's Josh Trank's next movie needs to be Johnny Quest then, like because I don't think anybody's gonna give him more than like a million dollars. Well, like, I think he's making some weird Al Capone movie right now. What with Tom J- Hardy, Jay Trank. With um, Tom Hardy's in it, playing Al Capone. Yeah, I mean, Tom Hardy's got that that Venom money, so he can do whatever he wants. Bro, did you, I mean, I know we're all over the place, but did you hear that Andy Serkis <laughs> is directing Venom 2? Yes. What? Why? Why not? What's happening? I mean, it might, it might be good. I don't know. He Where's like Animal the, Farm? I've been waiting on this Animal Farm adaptation for like five years. Like, was Andy Serkis supposed to be directing that? Yeah, like Netflix bought that and his Jungle Book movie, and I'm just been waiting for this Animal Farm thing where Andy Serkis plays every character and directs yeah. it. Do you think that he's becoming a CGI like Nutty Professor, like a like a like a Eddie Murphy in the '90s? Uh, like.
diamonds and pearls.